Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode because a lot of people think if you get in the truck and it's going to be too time consuming to have a nine to five and it's not like i literally literally mm-hmm. spend less than 30 minutes a day running my whole company yeah, you can't now. say you can't say something like that on this okay. podcast hold on, hold on. <laughs> how, how much wait so so then what's it so for you as someone who has experience what does your typical day-to-day look like now in the space okay i wake up in the morning mm-hmm. i set my poster trucks okay right? uh, i set my poster trucks now let's just say if i set five poster trucks and one of them don't book by that night but let's just say they do if all of my poster trucks hit for that day then literally it automatically goes to my driver. My drivers, when they wake up or get up, regroup me, they give me a thumbs up, like got the load. They go pick up the load. Let's say it's one o'clock in the morning. They pick up the load, take the load, drop the load off, repeat it the next day. Now, let's say one of these loads don't book, right, on the poster truck. So poster truck remembers when I'm telling Amazon my truck is available and the amount of money I want. Mm-hmm. Say the, tro- the load don't hit. By nine o'clock that night, I physically go look at the load board. Look at the load board. When the load pop up, I book the load. It goes to my driver. He go pick up the load. Same exact thing. That's it. That's it. No, no talking to nobody. No nothing. That's that's how easy it is. And guess what? I like the vacation. I like to travel. When I'm over uh, Cancun, Mexico, wherever I'm in New York. Guess what? I'm still booking my loads for the night. That's the amount of entrepreneurs that are struggling to get their business funded because their personal credit isn't where it needs to be. Now you can look into alternatives like corporate credit cards and vendor accounts, but the truth is the easiest way to get access to five to six figures in funding is to have good personal credit. As an entrepreneur, the stress of trying to build a successful business is already enough as is. So why work harder than you need to when you can simplify the funding process by getting your credit restored? My company, Takeoff Financial, has served hundreds of entrepreneurs just like you by helping them avoid the pain of getting denied for business funding by restoring their personal credit and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation and let's put you in position to get you funding that your business needs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today is a very special day because our guest today is a logistics specialist. He's helped new and aspiring entrepreneurs find their footing in the world of trucking by providing them with the same blueprint that has allowed for him to have success in the space as well. How has he been able to do this, you may ask? Well, he's done it by leveraging the untapped business model of Amazon Relay that's allowed for him to gross over $2 million in revenue with no CDL, no OTR, no credit, no maintenance, and today he's here in studio to teach you how to do the same. Ladies and gentlemen, from Queens, New York, by way of Atlanta, Georgia, I'm here with the one, the only, Mr. Jabbar Williams, a.k.a. Box Truck Shorty. How you doing, family? Hey, what's up? How you doing, bro? Man, I'm excited to have you, brother. How's everything Thanks in? Thanks for having me. Good, 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 good. I know that you are, of course, flying in from Atlanta. How, how was the trip over here? How was everything? It was good. It was a nice, flip, short flight. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Well, listen, I know we got connected at InvestFest. Correct. I've um, been following you from then up until now, and I loved a lot of the value that you were providing around the trucking space. It's always a space I've been familiar with, but 
seeing this, the niche that you've been able to find in there, the success that you've been able to have in the trucking space and also the success that your students have been able to have, I had to bring you on here to give the game on top of game to you. the people. So uh, for starters, I know I did, a, I did a decent job introducing you, mm-hmm. right? But nobody knows you better than you yourself. So yes, for those right. who don't know, let's get them familiar. Who exactly is Jabbar Williams? Well, I'm Jabbar Williams. Of course, you know I go by Box Truck Shorty. Um, just like you said, I was born in uh, Queens, New York, raised in South Carolina, moved to Atlanta, um, came to Atlanta in 1996 to go to school and stayed in Atlanta, loved Atlanta, um, and got into, uh, went to school, went to college, graduated, did everything my mother taught me to do. You know what I'm saying? To go to school, get a job, yeah. get a degree, did all of those good things. Um, and I always had an entrepreneurial mindset, got into the infamous rat race, did it for 16 years. Even though the 16 years I was working, I knew I wanted more. I wanted to, you know what I'm saying, better for myself. And I knew I couldn't leave my kids a job. Mm -hmm. So got into the entrepreneurship, started flipping houses, and then got into the logistics when the pandemic hit. And then took off after that. Got you, got you. So there's there's a lot to unpack there. Let's let's Uh unravel that a little bit more. So, of course... The infamous rat race. You were working at in a career for sixteen years. What yeah. what what position was that? If you know, uh, I was asking? a branch manager at a finance company. Really? Okay, got uh-huh. you. So working a, as a branch manager as a finance company, essentially for nearly two decades, and then from there made the transition to go from that to real, real estate. estate. Yeah, in two thousand eighteen, got my first investment property. Uh, I thought real estate was going to get me out of uh, the nine to five, like mm-hmm. flipping houses. Mm-hmm. Did my first house? I did. I made one hundred and seventy six thousand dollars. Okay, that, that I was like, wow, like, mm-hmm. my head flew off my head. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying when I hit mm-hmm. and. And after that, I uh, bought the house next door, did that house, made like 140. Mm-hmm. was doing really good in real estate. Then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Put a brakes in. I was like, man, I can't leave my job. You know right. what I'm saying? So I had to figure out something else that was a little bit more recession proof to mm-hmm. get into. Mm-hmm. So that's how I entered into logistics. Got you. Got you. So at the time when you were flipping the houses, you were still working. You were still essentially balancing the nine to five. Right. Got so you. before I go to work in the morning, I would go to the house. Okay. When my lunch break, I would shoot to the house. Mm-hmm. And then after work, I would go to the house. Got you. Got you. Got you. So then from there, you, you were working that career essentially for nearly two decades. Mm-hmm. Found out about real estate. Was looking for that to be your out. Right. Mm-hmm. To go all in on entrepreneurship. The pandemic hits. Yep. You got to pivot, right? Yes, Things ain't doing yes. what it's supposed to do. And essentially, you had to re- reevaluate. How exactly did you find out about the trucking space, right? Well, I've always heard about the trucking industry. I've always heard a lot of money that you can make in the trucking industry. And like, for example, it was a girl, a, a young lady that worked under me. Her husband was a trucker. And then when they went through a divorce, he ended up having to pay her $1,600 a month in alimony. And I was like, wow, how much money is he making to be paying you that amount of money? Right. So that always piqued my interest. But then I always heard the good about logistics. But then I also heard the bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the trucks break down. Drivers leaving your trucks over the road. CDL drivers. So that always scared me back on the porch. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I would hear how much money logistics make. Got you. Got you. Okay. So then from there, you had found out about the space. And essentially, once you found out about it, what was that transition like going from real estate to trucking? Was it a quick, quick one, two, three? Or was it a, essentially a process you went through throughout 2020 and beyond? Well, I was actually still flipping houses when I got into the logistics um, area. Mm-hmm. So I was still doing it. Got you. So how exactly now let's dive into your specialty, right? Because mm-hmm. like you said, typically when I hear about trucking and I think when a lot of other people hear about trucking, the number one thing we hear about is these big old 18 wheelers. That's right. Your specialty is the box trucks, right? right. Box truck yes. shorty, but yep. more specifically leveraging something called Amazon Relay. Mm-hmm. How exactly did you find out about that space within the trucking field? It was a guy that uh, introduced me to it. He had like two trucks um, and he was already doing Amazon Relay. So this was like in, this, no, in November of that year. He already had two trucks and I wanted to get into it. And I know another homeboy, he introduced me to him. We talked about it and he was saying like, look, box trucks is the way of the future. He was like, man, you don't want to mess with the 18 wheelers. It's a pain in the butt. You got to get CDL drivers. It's just a whole bunch 
and moving with it. And he's like, the maintenance will kill you. Mm -hmm. So he told me that you could get into logistics by renting a truck, that you don't actually physically have to own a truck. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, basically, I didn't believe him. Because like, nah, man, I ain't never heard of nobody renting right. a truck and getting into logistics. And mm -hmm. sure enough, he showed us the step and jumped into it. Okay, so now we got to break. I want to break this now for you people. Because like I said at the top, mm -hmm. it's $2 million in gross revenue and counting. By the time this episode come out, we might be sitting at three or four. Yeah, we're we $2 million now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, God. Yeah. Where, where are we sitting? Yeah, I didn't yeah, want to be yeah. disrespectful. No, where are we sitting at now? Where are we sitting at like, now? Probably like 2.5. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Goodness gracious. And and that's just you, right? Not even yeah. talking about your students everyone and everyone else that you've been able to yeah, teach. just me. Yep. Got you. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the success that your students have been able to have as well because you've helped a lot of other indiv individuals get into the space and have success. Yeah, I've helped thousands of people. Like to get into the Amazon Relay, um, because not a lot of people talked about Amazon Relay. Like you said, when I came into the game, I came in with my own little niche. Like mm -hmm. nobody was talking about it. Right. Everybody else was talking about going to purchase a truck. Mm -hmm. But it's nothing wrong with purchasing a truck. But if that the maintenance on the truck is sky high, mm -hmm. so if you end up, you know, what I'm saying, you spend your last on, you know, buying a truck and the first breakdown, you out of business. Mm -hmm. So what I figured out is renting the truck is a lot easier. No maintenance mm -hmm. keeps you in the game. So that's what I started pushing. So when I got into that, all right. So let's 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 break down the game for the people. Because if I'm watching this. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into trucking space. Mm -hmm. I have never heard about Amazon Relay. I essentially want this to be a masterclass where I can I can walk away from this interview, go ahead, get started in this business, and get started in the trucking space. Mm -hmm. So let's break it down. Let's first off, let's start off with Amazon Relay because everybody knows what Amazon is, right. but very few know what Amazon Relay is. So for those who don't know. Uh, what exactly is Amazon Relay? How does it work in regards to getting into the trucking space? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you the difference between Amazon. When, you, when people say Amazon, a lot of people thinking like Amazon DSP, or they think about the Sprinter vans, like oh, I can do van Amazon with a Sprinter van, right? Or they think of you at the person delivering the package to your house. Mm -hmm. Amazon Relay is a division of Amazon where we take uh, freight from a distribution fulfillment center and we take it to either another distribution center or we take it to a post office. Mm -hmm. So, like, let me give you a better example that it makes sense. Say, for example, y'all in New York, y'all got Sprinter vans, y'all got Amazon fulfillment centers here, right? Right. right. Say you're in a small town in Alabama, right? And there's only 500 people there. If somebody orders something from Amazon, Amazon is not going to send a Sprinter van 500 miles or 200 miles to go deliver that. Right. So what we do is we take the I mean, uh, take the packages, pallets from the distribution center, and then we take it and drop it off at a post office. So mm. the post office, they have a contract with the post office, and the post office deliver that freight to you or that package to you. Gotcha. So that's what it is. We, we mostly service like rural areas and places that don't have enough to have a distribution center. Gotcha. And the difference also with it is, is uh, background friendly. See, with Amazon DSP, because you're delivering something to somebody's house, you have to have a background check. You just can't send a felon or somebody with a convicted right. felon to that house. With Amazon Relay, there is no background check. So it's, it's friendly for everybody. Got you, got you. Are there other companies outside of Amazon that have a similar program, or is it Amazon? None that I heard of. None. Really? Yeah, because most like the big companies, you got to be in business for years, and you got to bid on contract. It's a lot more moving parts with like FedEx and UPS. Mm, yeah, you just ain't going to get a truck and go work with them, rent a truck. That ain't going to fly. So essentially, like you said, the way that it works is you have a truck. You get your truck, you get your driver, and then from there, you're essentially transporting from Amazon's distribution center. Yep. But you're not going to these people's houses. You're bringing it to the post office. Yeah, in some places, like the Northeast, Midwest, that you might take it from one distribution center to another distribution center. But I would say 95% of it is going to a post office. Got you. Got you. And essentially, that's it. That's essentially where the money is made, yeah, right? Yeah, and Amazon ain't going nowhere, and the post office ain't going nowhere. There so you they go. Got a, they got a, a, a relationship, a contract together, and... That's dope. Got you. So what does it take to get signed up for Amazon Relay? Walk me through that process. Um, well, I started my whole company for like $3,200, but I always tell people it costs around $5,000 to get up and run. Okay. And that $5,000, and I said 5000 up to 5000 because the reason being is whatever your LLC costs in your state, like in the state of Georgia, I paid $200. Even though it's 100 I paid a rush. Mm -hmm. So I paid $200 for my LLC. Mm-hmm. 
I paid $680 for my authority. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know what an authority is, it's your DOT, your MC, your BOC, and your UCR. That's the components that you need, like a license to be able to move your truck from state to state, mm-hmm. which is called a you know trucking authority. Um, my insurance for my down payment uh, for was thirteen seventy five, and mm-hmm. that was my insurance down payment. And then I paid a thousand dollars for my rental. Gotcha. That's how much it costs to get up and running. But the reason why I say five thousand dollars, if you got a bad driving record, you got tickets, then instead of being thirteen seventy five, that's just an estimate, right? They'll want first and last, you know, insurance. Got you, yeah. got you. So I want to dive to dive deeper into that because right, like right, there's so many different ways to make money in this trucking space. Yes, it is. Diving deeper into your space, one thing I've heard you talk about on content is something about over the road mm-hmm. and the difference between over the road versus the Amazon relay business model. Could you right. talk a little bit about that? Okay. So there's a battle goes on online, like with truckers. Like if you're a trucker, like most people are like, oh man, go over the road. You can make more money. Yes. A lot of people go over the road. You can make more money going over the road. Over the road means that you get in a truck, you might drive from New York to Virginia, Virginia to Tennessee, Tennessee to Houston. You know, you just all over the road and most over the road drivers will be gone for like 21 days, uh, about a month. And then they'll come back home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing wrong with it. You can make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but your driver is not home. So with Amazon, my drivers are home every night. Like I've never had a driver spend a night outside of the, out of the house. Mm-hmm. Also, with over the road, you're gonna need a dispatcher, and you're gonna need a factoring company. You know, a dispatcher usually charge about ten percent. So let's just say you made a thousand dollar load over the road, right? By the time you pay a dispatcher a thousand, a hundred, I mean a ten percent, that's a hundred dollars gone. Then you got to pay the factoring two to four percent. That's another little bit of money gone. And then now you got to pay for a hotel. For your lodging for your driver. Mm. So by that time, you're making the same exact money you're making with Amazon. Mm. So let's say Amazon ain't paying $1,000 a night, but let's just say they're paying six fifty a night, right? You don't have to pay uh, 10% to a dispatcher. And you don't have to pay for a factoring. And you don't have to pay for hotels. And, and so, on top of that, your driver's happier because yep, you got to Your driver's home. home every day. Right. So that's the reason why it's so easy for me to keep drivers. Who don't want to be home? Right. Who don't want to make money and be home with their family, especially if you got kids and a girl? Right. You want to be home. Right. So that's the difference between over the road and... uh. I want. I want to make sure you mentioned dispatcher and dispatching. In fact, I've always heard about those things, but I never. I don't necessarily know. So, what exactly does a dispatcher do, and what does a factoring company do when it comes to trucking? All right, a dispatcher is somebody. Let's say, for example, if you're going over the road, that's the person that will go actually physically look at the load board. And loads, that's where you get your loads at. Let's just say, like I said, $1,000 load. They're the person that go look at the load, talk to the broker, talk back and forth, email the broker, and secure that load for you as a driver. Because as a driver, you don't want to be, I'm not, you know, I'm going to say you don't want to be, but as a driver, most drivers, they just want to drive. They right. don't want to have to talk to people and send off paperwork and like that. Right. So they hire somebody to find loads for them. Mm. And the driver, they usually, I mean, uh, dispatchers usually make about 10% of whatever that load is. Gotcha. Factoring is when you book a load on a over the road, right? Like say that load board. When you book that load, say that load pay $1,000. Well, when you book that load, you take that load tomorrow, right? Let's say you finish the load by Monday. Well, guess what? That company don't have, they, they don't have to just pay you when you finish. It ain't like you say, give your receipt, you can pay me. They got 18 days, 21 days. It just depends on the company. They can have 21 days to pay. So if you don't, if you can't survive 21 days to get that $1,000, you go to a factoring company. Basically what a factoring company do is buy that invoice for the 1000 and give you your money like the next day. But they'll take a small percentage, 2 to 4%. 
Interesting. Yeah. So essentially, it's like a it's like essentially like a, like payday. Like like we used to be like remember like cash until you get check. You're like if you got your check, got yeah. you. So they just front you your money until their money comes. And when that invoice comes, they keep the thousand and just give you nine hundred and eighty bucks or however much the percentage. So essentially, with the Amazon relay business model, like you said, you don't need to have the involvement the of the dispatcher, no and you don't need the factoring as well. Right. So then, if I'm the one that's essentially I create my Amazon relay trucking business, what role do I play in like the day to day of what that looks like? If I don't have to deal with the dispatcher and I don't have to have the factoring. What am I doing? So I can tell you, like, the same example, in the morning, when I wake up in the morning, I set this feature called a poster truck, right? And a poster truck is actually telling Amazon where my truck will be available, where my truck won't be available, the minimum amount of miles I want to go, the maximum amount of miles I want to go, and the minimum I want to make per mile and minimum payout. So it's basically like creating an order, saying, like, hey, look, if you can give me these, this, whatever I'm looking for, just go ahead and give it to me, right? I don't have to go look for the loads. So on a day-to-day basis, I set up set my poster trucks. Now, if my poster trucks don't hit by a certain time, like 9 o'clock that night, then I'll physically go look at the load board. But let's just say I do look at the load board and I do see a load that I want to hit, I mean want to get. I just hit book, the load is mine. I don't have to go through a dispatcher. I don't have to go through a factoring company. Now, Amazon for that load, Amazon pay me every single week a direct deposit. There's wow. no paperwork to fill out. There ain't no emailing back and forth with brokers because even with over the road, right? Say you see a load for $1,000. You emailing the broker. You emailing broker back and forth. By the time you send your papers off to that person, you know what happens? You don't waste 30 minutes. And guess what they call you back? Say, oh, somebody else took the load Doesn't for 900 Right. Yep. Gotcha. So it ain't no negotiating. It's just you book the load. It's yours. Guess what? Next Friday, Amazon directly deposit that money into your account. Come no talking, now. no paperwork, nothing. You can run your whole company from your cell phone. So it's essentially just you you as the owner of the company directly with Amazon. You don't have to necessarily deal with the middleman. It makes it efficient for your drivers. It Big makes it bingo. efficient in terms of booking loads. And it makes it efficient if you get that cash money. Yep. Got you. Okay. Yep. okay. So then my next question would be, right, uh, do you as a – because essentially you're a – you're a contractor for Amazon, right? Yep, and providing them yes, this form of transportation. Do you have any concern that somewhere down the line, Amazon will decide, All right, you know, we're going to go ahead and make this operation in-house, get our own trucks, you know, do our own things? Not what? worried at all. Okay, talk Let to me tell you why. about that. All right, think about it like this. Um, if you're a company, right? Mm-hmm. We, we just explained how expensive it is to own and maintain fleet of a truck, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but the company Yellow, uh, trucking. It was in business for 99 years. Okay. When I think it was the third largest or second or third largest logistics company in the United States. They mm-hmm. went out of business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically what I'm saying is why would Amazon go out and purchase 100,000 box trucks? Mm-hmm. Right? Now they open themselves up a liability. Somebody mm-hmm. get in a wreck. Guess what they're going to sue? If Amazon hit you, Oh, you already know what time it is. Listen, right. My it's, neck, my back, my right, arms, right, I'm right. getting that check. Right, right. So you got to think about the maintenance on a truck. Like, why would Amazon get into the business of buying 100,000 trucks? Or let's just say any amount of trucks, right? And then having to pay for maintenance. Having, like you said, lawsuits open up all over the world. So they just wouldn't do that. So you got to mm. think about it like this. Why, when, let's just say you got a truck fit 10 pallets, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon might have made $2,000 or three or four thousand dollars off the stuff that's on there because it's Amazon Prime stuff, right? And they're paying us six fifty. They don't have to deal with the headaches of lawsuits. They don't have to deal with the maintenance of a truck. So why would you do that? It's kind of like hustling backwards. Right. It's kind of like that's like when people say that to me because everybody, like, oh man, Amazon's gonna go buy their truck. That's it. That's just like Uber going buying all their cars. Right, 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 right. To right. to put people workers in it. Why? Right. Doesn't you see sense. what I'm saying? Doesn't it doesn't sense. make sense. Same thing with Airbnb. You think Airbnb want to go buy all of these houses right. just to rent out? So as it goes back, control everything. What? Own nothing? Own own, own nothing. Control control everything. everything. Boom, there you go. Gotcha. Same difference. All right. So now I have a lot of context now on how we 
how the Amazon relay business model works and some of the different things that we need to get started, right? Mm-hmm. But one a next next step of this I really want to break down. We understand how the business model works. Now we got to go get this truck, right? Mm-hmm. We got we got we got to secure the truck. This is essentially the asset. This is the baby. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to be bringing making money for our business. How do we go about securing our first truck if we're looking to get started in this business? Go to one of the rental companies. Yep. Okay. Got gotcha. you. So you got you got Penske, you got uh, Enterprise, you got Budget, and you got Rider. Those are the four main ones, like national ones. Penske, Rider, Rider, Budget, and Enterprise. Got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. So. Though, and then remember, this is non-CDL too, mm-hmm. so it's nothing special that you have to go through or anything to, to set up, you know, to get a truck, box truck. So you're like you talked about it a little bit earlier on, and I know you talk about it very consistently on a lot of your social media about the whole battle. It's not necessarily a battle, but the preference of rent to own, right? So right. if I'm looking to get started in space, you talk about how you know you're able to get started with li- essentially little to nothing with right, five thousand because of renting. What are the pros and cons of renting versus owning? To where you know you may have some people that want to get into this business, that are like, all right, renting is cool. Mm-hmm. But I'd much rather own my truck for my business, right? Right. What Nothing are what are some that. of the benefits and the cons that you see of going either way? Well, owning a truck, you could probably make a little bit more money in the beginning, or okay, in your brain, you probably think you're making a lot more money. Mm-hmm. So, like, say for example, if you own a truck, and let's say for example, you buy a decent truck, that truck payment could be anywhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand a month. You get a brand because box trucks ain't cheap; they're expensive, like ninety to hundred thousand dollars. Right. So let's say fifteen to two thousand dollars if you if you purchase the truck now. The good thing about it is, guess what? When you make that money, it's yours. You're paying off a truck, right? right? However, the bad thing about it is when that truck breaks down or if it breaks down, you're responsible for all the maintenance. So you might make more money in the beginning. Let's give you two examples. Somebody that owns a truck, somebody that rents a truck, right? right? In the beginning, they'll be stocking, stockpiling more money. But when that first breakdown goes, a box truck is not like a car. It's not like $300 to go get an alternator change. You're talking about ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars mm. for repairs, just like a semi. So it's super expensive. So where scale uh, with renting a truck of course you don't pay for the maintenance the truck breakdown they give you another truck like two or three days um via your contract that they'll give you a subunit and it's less downtime so even though you purchase a truck right say you purchase i know people person that purchase trucks the truck breakdown they do have a warranty on it. let's say you get a good truck with a warranty on it right guess what that part might not be in for three to four weeks so the downtime of ownership of owning that truck is not like a car you mm. see what i'm saying so that's the difference between the two um, and you can scale a lot quicker with a rental truck. So mm-hmm. I could put a, I can get two, three, four, five trucks. You see them, so I can scale quicker. Right. Where owning a truck, you can only, you know, buy as many trucks as you can afford. Gotcha. So this is the thing when I, like, when I first came into the game. Like I, I'm not. A lot of people think I'm. I completely hate people that buy a truck. That's not true. I always tell people like some people like you say they just want to buy. There's right. nothing wrong with that. If you get into the game. Start off renting because it's the same concept. Everything is the same between renting and buying. Nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you purchase a truck, and this is what I run into in my consultation. I run into somebody purchased the truck. First breakdown, they're out of the business. Mm-hmm. Now they're renting a truck to pay for their tr- wow. get their truck fixed. So you and took it, like two steps forward to take like five steps yes, back. Yes, man. Right. And then that, and usually when I hear people like, man, I wish I would have came across you earlier. Mm-hmm. Because when they Google rental, renting, renting trucks or YouTube or Instagram, that I'm the person that pop up. But it was like, man, I wish I would have listened to you. So... That's the difference. On a, and then on average, for the if we are renting a truck, the monthly rate that or the we're paying per per truck per truck, per truck plus miles. So, okay, let me get back to that. So let's say with the other truck, fifteen hundred to two thousand, right? With a rental truck, you'll be anywhere between five hundred to between six hundred. It depends on your account. But a real good rate is about five hundred dollars a week and about fifteen cents a mile. And you can even get it lower than that. It depends on how many trucks you have. Gotcha. So it would be like five hundred dollars and then fifteen cents for every mile that the yeah. Truck sometimes they, it depends on the company. Some will give you like a thousand free miles. Some will get you 1,500 free miles a month, mm-hmm. or it depends on a week. But 
where you, after you hit that amount, then they charge you the 15 cents per mile. So are, are there different things that we can do? Because like, take yourself, for example, I'm sure you have certain companies that you've been working with for a sizable amount of time now. Right. Does that now give you the leverage to go back and be like, yo, I'm giving you guys consistent business. You know, let's, let's, let's go ahead and negotiate this. Oh yeah, uh, most definitely. Yeah. Gotcha. They'll tell you once you get up to a certain amount of truck, like five trucks, then they'll give you a break. They'll lower your rate. Sometimes down like 460, 450 a week. Got you. Are there any other things that people who are coming into the space can do to potentially work around getting reduced rates, whether it's going towards certain companies or maybe be leaning towards certain trucks or essentially is that something that only comes with just time of just being yeah, in the time, space? Just time. And the information like, hey, that's why I have a consultation. So I have ways that I can show you how to get cheaper rates with your trucks. Mm, yeah. Got you, got you, yeah, got Because a lot of people make the mistake. They'll go call the rental company like, hey, look, let me call the um, rider. Like, hey, I want a truck. And rider will tell you, hey, man, it's $1,200 or $1,000 for a truck and 30 cents a mile. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? It comes with the information that you have. So I know how to set up the correct accounts and the correct account managers to get you that discounted rate. Got with you. Here's, here's another one, because you, you kind of compared the business model of Amazon Relay similarly to like, um, you know, Turo, Airbnb, mm -hmm. Airbnb mm -hmm. things of that nature. Is renting a truck the same thing as leasing a truck? No, it's different. Break that down for me. So when you, with most people, well, I, like I said, for the major companies, when you first get into the game, they're not going to lease you a truck until you've been in business two years. So leasing is still close to buying a truck. But okay. let's say, for example, but you're going to do like a three-year commitment with them and right. you lease the truck and they'll pay for the maintenance on the truck. It depends. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Mm -hmm. So leasing, they'll give you a better rate, but you're on the hook for a truck for a long time, like three to five years. Mm. And then once that truck time three to five years over, you just give them back that truck, similar to like leasing a car. Got you, got you, got yeah. you. And do they give you a harder, if you do decide to go the leasing route, I'm assuming they would give you a harder time because of things... Because uh, on, on the rental side, if I remember correctly, you're essentially saying they don't really, there's not really that much red tape. They're not really, they don't weigh heavily things like credit and criminal history. No and credit, like none that. of that. Right. Nothing. So at least you got to be in the business for two years. You got to have your authority for two years. So if you're just coming into the game, you can't lease anyway. Mm. And I'm not going to say mom and pops won't be able to lease. Like you might find a little local, you know what I'm saying, truck spot that lease out, but none of the major ones, you got to be in business two years. Got you. Diving deeper into that, we have some context on how to get the truck. You talked a little bit earlier about paperwork. What are some of the are there? What are some of the different licensing things like that that we need to have set up? Because I know we need insurance, mm -hmm. right? Is there anything else outside of that that we need to make sure we go ahead and have set up for our trucking business before we get started? Nope, just your driver's license. The driver's like a regular driver's license. Like I said, is non CDL because you know a box truck can you can get a CDL box truck, but the ones we're operating is twenty six thousand pounds and below, so it's non CDL. So anybody with a regular driver's license can actually operate a box truck. No special license. You do have to get a DOT uh, a medical card, and that's to drive any commercial vehicle over 10,000 pounds. But that's real simple. Costs like 100 bucks. You can Google it, get you a medical card. It's like a little physical that they take just to make sure you're safe to drive a truck. Gotcha. Or be able to pick up stuff or something happens. So for the paperwork, how long does it usually take for us to, to essentially, once we secure our truck, to essentially get on the road? Because I'm sure the paperwork is not something that happens like one, two, three. Right, right. So let's just say, for example, today is Saturday, right? Yep. And let's say on Monday you wanted to get started. You set up your LLC, however many days they take in your state, and mm -hmm. let's say you get your LLC. Then once you get your LLC, let's just say you go get your, you, you the next step is to get your authority. Mm -hmm. Your authority takes 21 days, no matter what state you're in, is a protest period. So it takes 21 business days to get up and running. So after the 21 business days, then you add, you know, you add insurance to your truck and that will activate your authority. Once your authority is active, then you're free to go get a truck and hit the road. That's it. One, yes, two. sir. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So now going back to, we understand the nature of how the business mo model is structured. What are some of the different things that we can do? We have our truck. We have the business model set up. We got our paperwork. What are some of the different strategies that we can implement once we get our truck 
to go ahead and secure more profitable loads with Amazon. Well, so, all right, so let's just say, for example, if you don't have somebody that you can lease on to, because Amazon started in March, they started a new rule. So say, let's say, for example, when I first started with Amazon, literally when my authority was up, I was able to apply. I think it took like two days to get accepted. As of March, Amazon Im- implemented a new rule. You have to have 180 days of your authority to come and pull loads for Amazon now. So that's six months. Wait, so, okay, wait, wait, hold on. explain that a little bit more. So we would have to have the authority for 180 days. So basically six months before you can actually sign up with Amazon yourself and do loads. So it's two options you could, you could do. You could, of course, do over the road or do the DAT load board and do it locally. Like when, you, when I'm saying over the road, remember I said you're going from Houston to Texas, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people do the DAT load board and they do regional. But you still will need a factoring company and you still will need like a dispatcher. Gotcha. If you don't need a dispatcher, then you can learn how to dispatch and dispatch yourself if you want to. Or you can lease on to somebody that already have an Amazon account. Or if you know somebody that has an authority and is over 180 days, you can lease on to their authority for the 180 days. Mm. So that way, as soon as your authority hits in that 21 days, you lease on to them, you can literally start booking your own loads. Gotcha, gotcha. One, another thing I heard you talk about as well, what exactly is the early access load board? Okay, it's a good question. <laughs> so yeah. Amazon has um, a metrics that they work by. And this is why I kind of say the battle of Amazon versus over the road. See, if you over the road, let's say you have to you book a load, you have to get somewhere, it'd be there at 12 o'clock. If you roll in at 12.10, 12.05, 12.15, ain't nothing going to really happen to you. Mm-hmm. Amazon metrics is based off of timing. They got four main components to their uh, metrics. The number one is being on time. So if Amazon says you got to be there at 2.30, you got to be there at 2.30, not 2.31, not 2.31 and a half, 2.30. Amazon mm-hmm. is cutthroat when it comes to time. So the next step is going to the post office. So everything is tracked with Amazon, I mean, to the minute. Right. So from the time you arrive at Amazon to the time you go to the post office, every post office until you're done. The next step is um, accepting a load. So say you book a load for the night paying six fifty, right? You get sleep, you get tired, your girl call, you don't want to go out, you, you reject <laughs> that load. If you reject that load, it goes against your score, mm-hmm. and that's go against your acceptance score. A lot of Those are the two things that knock people out of the game, right? And then they have a third one, which is called disruption. Disruption is when I book a load, say that load leave at 12 o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. If 10 o'clock comes and I don't assign a driver to that load, Amazon get nervous. They be like, man, maybe he don't see he booked this load, and now they start hitting you with disruption points. And then the last one is called app usage. Nobody have a problem with that because when you book the load, your drivers need to know where to go, so everybody's using the app. And nobody's really messing up with the disruption because when they book a load, they be happy, and then they assign it to a driver. Right. So those first two things usually mess up your score. So Amazon has a score metrics. 98 to 100 is an A. Right. So from 90 to the 97 is a B and it goes on down the list. So let's say, for example, a six hundred and fifty dollar load pops on the board. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have the A, we get to see the loads first. So we get to see the loads for like five minutes first. Now, let's say none of us book that load. Then it filters down to the people with the B mm-hmm. from the 90 to the 97. Say nobody books it then. Then it filters down to the regular load board where anybody with a bad score can see. Mm. So it's like Amazon is rewarding you for being on time right. and not rejecting loads. So when people say, oh, man, I can't find loads at Amazon or the load board is trashy, majority of the time they done messed up their score. They, they, they got a C or D, and that's why they don't see good loads. And if you're not on time with Amazon and you have a bad score, Amazon ain't the place to be. You're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, that's the honest truth. Right. What people don't tell you. They don't tell you that. Man, they watched a couple of my YouTubes, watched some people, and never got the education on how Amazon worked. If mm-hmm. you don't get the education and the information on Amazon work, you're going to hate it. Right. Like I always tell people, imagine somebody showed up to your job tomorrow trying to do your job mm-hmm. with no training. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You think they're going to be successful? Not at all. Exactly. <laughs> now, okay, if you're flipping burgers, <laughs> you ain't going to be successful. Right. So it's the same thing with Amazon. 50% of businesses fail within the first five years, and 38% of those businesses fail due to lack of access to capital. But 100% of business owners who are watching this aren't going to have that issue because I'm about to teach y'all how to bankroll your business. What's going on, family? My name is Marvin Francois, and back in 2020, I was a new entrepreneur with little to no idea on how I was going to build my first successful business. But Fast forward a couple of years later, I've been able to build multiple successful six-figure businesses by leveraging business credit. And today, I wanna give entrepreneurs the game on how they can do the same. So this Thursday, I'm gonna be hosting my free Bankroll Your Business Masterclass, where I'm gonna teach you how to go from having bad personal credit and little to no business funding to having perfect personal credit and access to a minimum of $50,000 in funding for your business. Spots are going fast and the clock is ticking. So if you haven't already, click the link above or below this video to secure your seat and I'll see y'all on Thursday. Peace. In terms of leveraging different strategies, once we're in this business now to just try and make as much money as we possibly can, mm-hmm. we broke down the Amazon, the, the early access load board beautifully. Um, another aspect of this game that I've also heard you talk about is peak season. Mm-hmm. What exactly is peak season? Peak season is when Amazon, let's say, for example, Lowe's paying 600 650 right? Mm-hmm. Amazon is paying double to triple because now them lows have to go. It usually comes around holiday time. So like usually like the third week in November is a rush. Like all of the loads are good. The low boys just on fire nationwide. So it's the same thing. Like think about when you go to the mall and they see the Christmas trees up and everything up. That's the reason why it's like the lows have to get out. But even during we have peak season, we do have other peak spurts too. We have Amazon Prime Day twice a year mm. that run the loads up just like peak season. What are- I don't know if you know in July, they had the first peak season of this year. And in two days, Amazon did $12.7 billion in revenue in two days. In two days. That's crazy. That's crazy. Some companies don't do that in a year. In years. Some people don't do that. Some big companies don't do that. You understand? That's crazy. But so essentially, that's that's essentially when Amazon is... You know, essentially doing its most sales, and obviously that's when you guys as, as make the, the most amount of money. Make right. the most amount yeah, of money. You can clean up during peak season. So w- when it comes to the nature, because we're using these box trucks and a lot of so, for example, you're based in Atlanta. Yes. So your your drivers and your trucks are also based in Atlanta. If right. I'm correct. correct. But guess what? The good part is they don't have to be. So that's, that's okay. Go that, ahead. That's, there we go. go you going you going right down up my alley? Because so my question is so for example, let's say I'm based in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Because Another thing that I've also heard you talk about is um, how there are certain states and cities that have more profitable loads than others. So, for example, let's say right, I want to start an Amazon relay business. Mm-hmm. I'm in New York. But let's say I do my research or I, I get a go ahead and sit down with, with Box Truck Shorty. I get a consultation and you're like, yo, the best, the most profitable loads are right here in Atlanta. Is it possible to where I can now set up my Amazon relay business to where even though I'm here in New York, I have my drivers and my business being run out of Atlanta? Yes, you can. A okay. classic example is my first cousin. Okay, my let's cousin. do it. Let's yeah. Break it down. He, break it down. He lives in the Maryland, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started in January this year. had been super successful. And guess what? He has four trucks in, in a city. I'm not going to tell y'all where the city yeah. is because everybody's going to flood. <laughs> but he got four trucks in a city, man, and he's never even been to the city. Mm. Never, ever. Ever. Not to go set not, up the not business. Not one time, never even been to the city. Never set, never, never shook never, hands with the driver. Never. Nothing. None of that. Got you. Now, That's are crazy. there any downsides to that? Because it's like, I'm sure there are benefits. Well, for you, for example, do you go ever meet with your drivers or, or go and see your driver? Very rarely. Really? Yeah. So everything is straight up digital phone call. That's it. Yeah. So like, say, for example, my cousin, he got his trucks in a whole nother city. Right. Right. So this is the thing. Once you get access to Amazon Relay, let's say you apply to Amazon Relay is national. It's not where you're at. So let's say you're in New York Mm -hmm. and you set up your Amazon account. You just don't have an Amazon account for New York. You have a nationwide account. Amazon don't care where you pick up loads at. 
You can literally see Texas lows, L.A. lows, anywhere you want lows. I had a guy in L.A. He had he was in L.A. Never been to Atlanta. He had two trucks in Atlanta. So Crazy. you can put your trucks anywhere you want to going to rent route. So see, that's another benefit of renting the truck. Right. Now, if you purchase the truck and you live in L.A., you have to have somebody drive the truck right. all the way over there. But the way how we set up my business and my structure. Basically, we set up our account. I mean, I set up our business the way you can go. The drivers go pick up the truck. Like I've never drove a box truck. You see what I'm saying? I drove a box truck once in my life, and that's from a gas station, maybe a mile on the road. It was too bouncy for me. But yeah, <laughs> it just was. So I never drove a box truck. Right. Neither did my cousin. He never drove. Never drove the box. And still truck. has a nine to five. Yeah. Never, never been to the city. Yeah. Never shook hands with the driver. Never, went never. out to dinner with him. Nothing. My drivers didn't even know I was box truck shorty, man. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Do they? Do they still? Do they still? Some of them do. Some of them don't. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? But now they only know because of the training. When I have people coming in training, but when I first started, I never even told them who I was. Gotcha. They never even knew. So then, if we're now able to have this business model, this is crazy. This is this, like this sounds insane. So if we're now able to it have is. this business model, <laughs> this is hold on. Let me set up. Yeah, this is insane. <laughs> if if we're able to have this business model, mm-hmm. right? So for example, if I'm in New York mm-hmm. and I know that I can have it in any state, am I also able to have it to where I can have this business? Like so, for example, let's say I have one or two box trucks in. Atlanta, and then mm-hmm. another one or two box trucks in Cali. So yes. I can have literally scattered as tru- what scattered. Stops. You can have trucks in Houston, L.A., Cali, wherever you want to. If you got a family member that's in Houston and like a homeboy, or whatever, you can put trucks in Houston tonight. Is that literally a, based off of your experience? Though, is there is that something that is advised? Is that something to where you're like, you know, you probably want to wait until you're a little bit more seasoned in the game before you well, spread you, yourself out? That thing. yeah, when you learn, like I would, I wouldn't tell nobody to just jump in there with five trucks or jump mm-hmm. in there with three trucks. Like I started with one truck. Took me three weeks later to get my second truck, and then about another three weeks later to get my third truck. I kept three trucks for maybe like four or five months. And once you get the, you get, the, you know how to, you know, maneuver, and your truck is running seven days a week, then you can start scaling up. How many trucks do you have now? Five, six, bounce back and forth, and then when is peak it, season come, I'm gonna jump up to probably eight, nine, ten. So then, so then that's another thing too. When we talk about for you, what you when you talk about jumping up to eight. Eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. You would essentially jump up to that eight, nine, ten, and are you going to continue to scale and add more trucks, or is there essentially a ceiling that you want to place for yourself to where like I really don't want to have any more? Well, I would only scale up during peak season time. Okay. So during the regular year, I like to just keep five trucks. So you can so you because also and once again, rent, this is the beauty of that's what I'm saying. Get a truck, yeah, a truck when you want to. Wait, 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 wait. And this is the beauty of renting. Going to your point because now. In the snap of a finger, you can go from five trucks to essentially 10 trucks. Yes. Peak season, if I call up my place and I'm like, hey, look, I need two or three more trucks, I can get two or three more trucks. As many trucks as I want to, as mm-hmm. I have. So I can get as many trucks as I have reliable drivers. Because you can get trucks, right. but you want to have reliable drivers, too. Mm-hmm. So your whole company is based off your driver because you're not driving a truck. But that's it. Guess what? After peak season, it's just like the stores, Macy's or whatever, seasonal employees. Right, They right. come get a bunch of people. Then, hey, you know, like January 1st, this is it. So you, I have now, I got a relationship with some of my drivers that come drive seasonal for me. Who don't want to make extra money during the holidays? Come on now. Come on now. Okay, so, then, so now let's dive more into that. Because we've talked about, we broke down the business model. Mm-hmm. We talked about how to secure the trucks, mm-hmm. the different in and outs, the inner working, some of the different strategies we can now leverage um, to just make as much money as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. The another key component of this business is the drivers, yes. right? Because you yes. ain't you ain't, box truck shorty ain't, ain't driving, driving them trucks. Ain't hey, they too bouncy. It ain't it's too bouncy. He's yeah, not doing bouncy, it. It's man. not, it's not happening. I was like, man, this will drive me crazy. Yeah, it's not. It's not. He's not doing it, ladies right. and gentlemen. He doesn't, it doesn't matter if he's coming home and he's not doing I, it. I ain't doing it. He's not doing it. How do we go about finding drivers for? our trucks what's that process look like 
Um, it's pretty easy. Well, when I first, my, you want to tell you how I started or tell other people how they? Do, do you do both? Talk well, about I, your experience. My first, my, actually, my first driver was my best friend. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was in the uh, fast food restaurant. I came to Atlanta. Okay. Was working crazy hours, mm-hmm. and he always had a good work ethic. Like he's been working since we graduated. He was always a workhorse. I was like, look, man. It got to be more than working, you know, all these long hours at, you know, Burger King. Right. So I told him I tried to get him into real estate. He didn't want to jump. Mm-hmm. And I got him in logistics. He took a leap of faith and mm-hmm. came and worked for me. Did it and took off after that and worked for me for up till January till September. And then he started his own trucking company. Mm-hmm. And then now he started scaling up and getting trucks. But to find a driver is real easy. So once you have drivers, people will walk up to your drivers and be like, hey, man, you hiring or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started getting referrals. Also, you can go to Craigslist, Facebook. Indeed, post an ad. It's super simple. Now, finding drivers is easy. Mm-hmm. But once again, to, to your point, there are um, we th- this truck is our asset, right? Mm-hmm. It's right. essentially the, 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 the focal point of what makes our business run. So we want to make sure we're choosing the right drivers. Right. Not just like, Correct. We, we don't Correct. just want to put anybody yeah, we in don't truck. Play, you don't, yeah. What's your personal screening process been in terms of like different things that you're because you've been in this space for a sizable amount of time now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure not every driver that you've brought on has been unless maybe oh, yeah, I know to weed them out now. But yeah, I know what you're saying. So 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 how do you, what do you do now to kind of weed out in terms of know in terms of knowing okay this guy is perfect because he fits all the, all of this criteria mm-hmm. versus this other dude is like nah I've seen this I've been down this 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 rat 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 hole before. Right. I don't take their word for it. a lot of drivers that come to apply. They be like oh man I did Amazon before I got a bad at home or I work for this company I don't take that no more so every driver now that's how I created my three day driving training Mm -hmm. because before I would just take somebody oh you did Amazon before yeah I got a badge look okay cool come jump in the truck did that Mm -hmm. first week this guy was late out of five days, five Yeesh. times. I was like, dog, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was pulling over to go to sleep, just all off with it. And I was like, you know what? I got to do something. So I started my own training process. So mm-hmm. now anybody that comes works for me, they have to do three days with one of my senior you know, trainers. Mm-hmm. And if they do a good job, then they'll get the job. But mm-hmm. if I've had people to go through three days of training, and my driver like, nah, this ain't it. He ain't the person for you. He can't back the truck up. He can't dock the truck. He can't stay up. He got to pull over, take naps. He complained <laughs> too much. This ain't it. Right. And then we won't hire that person. So now because of I did that, now I implement it for anybody else that want to get their drivers. They can send them to me and be trained. Mm. So I'll, you know, kind of like get get it. See, like, nah, this person ain't good. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? We've been we've been talking about the trucking thing for some time now. It's, I'm not gonna lie, it sounds too good to be true. That's what I thought when I first. It started. sounds too good to be lie. true. You can rent a truck and start making money. Yeah, that, that is not true. Listen, what is the is there? What's the dark side to this business, right? Because I'm sure that there, like with any business, I don't care if you're in trucking, real mm-hmm. estate, whatever it may be, there has to be some lumps, bumps, and bruises that you're gonna take along the way. Has there been any in particular that you've taken? Oh yeah. Learn the learning curve, man. Learning the, is. What, what what was that learning? What did that learning curve look like? What was the what, some of the bigger L's that you took? Um, as you were navigating and getting started in this space that you're kind of helping people to avoid now? Hiring around drivers, looking at the load board around time. I mean, you name the mistake, I made it. Mm. I've made them all. Uh, booking the wrong loads, like booking the load for a semi when it's for a box truck. Mm. Looking at the load board. I'm at work all day, my nine to five, got my phone up like a, a crackhead looking at the, the load board <laughs> as I work all day, not knowing when to look. Right. Hiring the wrong drivers, hiring a driver that stayed too far away. So now all my drivers need to stay in the vicinity of where the truck is at. Um, just little things, man, like having a key under the truck, a spare key, because your driver going to lock your truck. Like, I know I didn't bump my head on every single thing that could be done. Some of the bad side of trucking is trucking is up and down, just like any other any industry. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A lot of people think when they jump into an industry, it's always going to be up. Nah. It ain't going to always be up. Nah. Everything has ups and downs, peaks right. and valleys. So guess what? After peak season come, uh, when everybody's spending money for the Christmas holiday, guess what comes after that? A slow period. Mm-hmm. Slow. Because ain't nobody spending money in January. 
it's slow. So the price is going to drop back down to like instead of lows being during peak season, let's say $1,000, $1,200. Now that low might drop back down to four fifty, five hundred. So you got to be able to survive that valley till tax time. When tax mm-hmm. time come, where people get their money with tax, what they go do? Blow it. Yeah. Back on Amazon. So then we booming again for a couple months. And then in the summer, kids go on vacation. We go back down to a little peak. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Go back mm-hmm. to school. Everybody start ordering stuff. So it's peaks and valleys. Being able to survive the industry. Just anything. Ain't nothing always up. Hmm. So in the information. Talk to me about Learning that. the business. So that, and that's another thing, man. No, everybody wants to be successful, but nobody wants to learn the business. Facts. That's the most overlooked Very part true. of anything in business. And then when they don't get the same results, they complain. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it don't work. No. Like I always tell people, I always give analogies. Everybody go to Yale ain't going to be successful. Right. Everybody that open a barbershop ain't going to be successful. A restaurant. But guess what? There are going to be successful people in the industry. And that comes with the grind. I can give you the information all day. Mm-hmm. If you don't apply it. That's it. That doesn't mean the system is not work or it doesn't work. That means that you just didn't have the grind. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the thing. This the learning curve for those for those slow seasons. So to give you an example, right? Mm-hmm. I know we of course constantly refer to the parallels of this industry compared to like uh, like if you had a car rental business or mm-hmm. something like that. So for example, I know like you said, within any business there are slow seasons. Mm-hmm. What some people who will usually do who have like a car rental business during some of those slow seasons is they'll essentially take their cars that they would put on these platforms like Toro and Hire Car and all these different things. And they'll have like other, not only say a side business, but they essentially have other ways that they can leverage it because you still got to pay the note. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, well, in your mm-hmm. case, you're renting. So it's, it's on turn them in if you want. to. Right. <laughs> but during a slow season for like these car rental businesses, mm-hmm. what they'll do is like, OK, if my car isn't getting booked as much as I wanted to in this month. I'm going to go ahead and rent it out to this rapper that wants to use it for a photo shoot and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are there different things that you do during the slow season to maybe still keep these uh, keep these trucks profitable? No, or so no? even when it's slow, I can still survive. You get okay. what I'm saying? It's not slow that it's not profitable for me. Instead of me making, let's say I make $200 at the end of the night. Instead of me making $200, I might only make $100. Mm-hmm. But that's still profitable because I'm not yeah. driving a truck. You get what I'm saying? So right. $100 a night times five trucks, that's $500 a night. So that's still good money. Yeah. For yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. So it's just not peak season. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. With a bag, bag, bag. Is right, in. right, right, right. And then you got to remember, too, like, if you scale up during peak season, you can scale down. Mm-hmm. You can drop down as many trucks as you want. Because you're renting. Yeah. So essentially, and that, now, I, the, listening to you break it down, it almost makes too much sense for you to rent versus not to own because it just minimizes your liability greatly. And then also, Smart man. you understand, Smart on man. top of that, it, 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 when those slow seasons come, you're now essentially just able to put those trucks in. If I was using five trucks during peak season, I'm just keep these one or two, right? Mm-hmm. So that some money is coming in, but I don't, I'm not over here essentially paying for, essentially operating in the red during these yes. seasons. Yes, facts. Beautiful. So facts. see, that's so that so the same way. Once people learn about it and they get the information and they be like, aha, mm-hmm. it's like an aha moment. It's like, why would I go buy? And everybody was like, well, why don't you buy? Why don't you buy? I got the money to buy a truck, mm-hmm. cash, right? However, every time I'm about to go buy it, somebody will do a consultation with me, like, man, my truck is in the shop, man, it's fifteen thousand. Like, mm-hmm. nope. Not going to do it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? You know what I'm saying? So I'm good off of that. Listen, if you're an entrepreneur struggling to get funding because of your bad credit, then this video is for you. You see, I understand that when banks deny businesses for funding, they're not just denying businesses the capital they need, but they're also denying business owners the resources that they need to build the business of their dreams. And as a business owner, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, but I want you to know that there's a solution. 
Because here at Takeoff Financial, we've helped countless entrepreneurs just like you go from having poor personal credit and not being able to access funding to having perfect personal credit that they were able to leverage to access five to six figures in funding, and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation, and we'll see you on the other side of success, family. Another thing I love, you know, because like I said, I, I followed you pretty closely from when we first got connected up until now. And you mm -hmm. talked about a little bit earlier on in the interview, when we, you talk about helping people get into the space, you're actually an advocate of people understanding like, hey, you don't have to leave your job to right. get into this business. If you want to keep your nine to five and then essentially have this business as well, you can. Uh, I'm curious to know the reason why. Is that for you because of how difficult it was for you to transition from your nine to five and kind of leave that space to go into entrepreneurship full time? You talk about what, what took me so long? To yeah. Jump well, well, why why have you been such a big advocate for individuals who are because we're in a day and age now where people are like, well, you know, if you have a nine to five, right, you're, you're wasting your time. Entrepreneurship is the way to go. Mm -hmm. That's not really the, the, the stake that you take. You're really of the mindset of like, hey, whether you want to have a going full time in a business, you can whether you want to have a nine to five, you can. Mm -hmm. But you can get into this business either mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that come from your own personal experience, right, in terms of why you're an advocate for that because of what your transition was like coming into entrepreneurship? Yeah, because, you know, some of us, when I started, I still was working my nine to five. And it was, like I said, when I was doing it, it was a little bit more difficult because Amazon wasn't the way it is. But I'm like this, one income is too close to no income. Mm -hmm. So if you quit your job and now you started this trucking business and you haven't really learned it out, learning and, you know, gathered all the information you had, then it, what happens when that trucking business fail? Because right. you don't have the information. So I tell people, keep your job mm -hmm. and start this business. And then once it starts doing well and it's doing good and you're making enough money, if you want to quit your job, then quit your job. But never quit your job before that business is bringing in money. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that's why I'm an advocate of having. And, and then when I came into this, I designed it for people that still was working a nine to five. Right. You know what I'm saying? Who don't want an additional stream of income? Right. Just like I said, my I tell you, I talk about my cousin all the time on my live and on my um, um thing. He's been in his business. He's worked for the government for 21 years. Right. And he got started his trucking company. He's still on his job. You see what I'm saying? He's going to work, retire. This will be an additional stream of income. Mm -hmm. So I don't want people to have, feel like they have to pick and choose. Yeah. Because a lot of people think if you get in the truck and it's going to be too time consuming to have a nine to five. And it's not. Like I literally... Literally, mm -hmm. spend less than thirty minutes a day running my whole company. Yeah, you can't yeah. say you can't say something like that on this okay. podcast. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> how, how much? Wait. So, so then, what's so for you as someone who has experience? What does your typical day to day look like now in the space? Okay, I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I set my poster trucks. Okay. Right? I uh, set my poster trucks. Now, let's just say if I set five poster trucks and one of them don't book by that night, but let's just say they do. If all of my poster trucks hit for that day, then literally it automatically goes to my driver. My drivers, when they wake up or get up, we in group me, they give me a thumbs up, like got the load. They go pick up the load. Let's say it's one o'clock in the morning. They pick up the load, take the load, drop the load off, repeat it the next day. Now, let's say one of these loads don't book, right, on the poster truck. So poster truck remembers when I'm telling Amazon my truck is available and the amount of money I want. Mm -hmm. Say the tro the load don't hit. By 9 o'clock that night, I physically go look at the load board. Look at the load board. When the load pop up, I book the load. It goes to my driver. He go pick up the load. Same exact thing. That's it. That's it. No no talking to nobody, no nothing. That's that's how easy it is. And guess what? I like the vacation. I like to travel. When I'm over uh, Cancun, Mexico, wherever, I'm in New York. Guess what? I'm still booking my loads for the night. So even here, like right now, as you're doing it, you literally before you got on this this pod, you could have essentially just been when I woke up this morning. Yep, that's what I do. If y'all see me in this business after this podcast <laughs> episode, you know, you know, you know the reason why, ladies and gentlemen. If you see me in this business after this podcast, that's yeah. it. So okay, so now, now that you're essentially you're full time into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. you've escaped the rat race, you've created this business for yourself. 
Um, now that you're a full-time uh, business owner, what would what would you say are the three biggest traits that you've got attained as an entrepreneur that has allowed for you to have the success that you're having now in this space? Three of them, I would say definitely, uh, I become obsessed whatever mm. I'm doing. Like, I always talk about that a lot in my thing, becoming obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't talking about, like, just reading a couple books or looking at a couple YouTube and then thinking I'm going to do it, or YouTube University, everything, mm-hmm. and, like, become obsessed. Like, mm-hmm. I watched everything when it came to trucking. Same thing with logistics, I mean, with real estate. I didn't have nobody to teach me physically. Mm-hmm. I watched every flip or flop show. I watched HGTV, and I become a nerd. Right. You know what I'm saying? Learn everything I can. The next thing I would say is, like, grind and hustle. Mm-hmm. I think I always put my head to it, like, if somebody else can do it, so can I. Right. And that's been my mindset. And I don't let, like, the little cappers or people that tell you, oh, you can't do it, trucking is bad, because they told me trucking was bad when I got into it. And I would say a third thing is, man, I don't know, a d- determination. Like, I ain't, nothing going to stop me. Mm-hmm. And that's just determination. I love like, it. I don't listen to negative nonsense. Like, naysayers. Yeah, naysayers. Negative Nancys. All right, there you go. Yeah. Got you. And you're also uh, a father as well, correct? Yes, sir. How many children? Five. Five. Five, five children. Five kids. How many? How many boys? How many girls? Four boys, one girl. God is good. Okay. Yeah, he is. What? So now, of course, once again, with you being in this space now, how important is it um, for you to be able to allow your children to see essentially what you're doing in the day to? Because everything is essentially for any parent. Doesn't matter if you have a career or if you have a business. Everything you do is for your kids. Oh yeah, most right? definitely. So, what are those conversations like now? Um, are you involving them in any ways in the business so that they're able to see what you're doing and why you're doing it and who who it's for? Essentially, it being for them. Well, my oldest, yes, but not my young. I got it. My youngest is eight, so gotcha. nah, but they on payroll. <laughs> in the business, yeah, they on payroll. Okay, interesting. Yeah. When you say on payroll, mean it. Break that down for me. Because you know, by by law, I don't know if the IRS be listening to this kind right. of stuff. No, they, they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't. They don't. They don't watch nah. this podcast. Though. They don't. Nah, nah. But for real, you know, you can pay your child up to a thousand dollars a month, or up to twelve thousand, without it being, you know, taxed right. or whatever. So right. yeah, my kids they shred papers. They do all of the little stuff that daddy needs done around the house. You really? know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Got you, got so you. I pay so each of them a thousand dollars. And then when it comes to those conversations with the oldest, do do does is a son, son so my of, oldest is in a college, so he's in his last year of um, college. And is he in the business as well? No, nah, he's not in the business. He's in the IT. Got you, got you. But I'm trying to get him, like to, you know, give him a little nudge, give him yeah, a little push. Yeah, I try to get him. So what are those conversations like? And and for well, not even just conversations, but even for the younger ones, how important has that been for you coming in to this space and having the success that you have to have them around the business in just whatever capacity that you can? Um, it's been good. I would say it's good. And I think, like, I'm not going to force it on my kids because everybody don't want to be entrepreneurs. But right. I also speak to them about, like, everything ain't college either. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of those parents that, like, hey, you have to go to college because that's what I did. That's what your mama did. Mm-hmm. I'm not that parent. Like, I'll kind of let them. I kind of, like, for example, I got a son, 16. He's, like, a little hustler. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and I ain't talking about illegal hustle. I'm talking right. about, like, shoes. I'm a sneakerhead. Like, my son will go clean up all my old shoes and sell them. And, I mean, like, I had a box of them. Like, he wow. literally, I bought these shoes for $400 one time. Mm-hmm. Warm at a uh, uh, site um, flipping houses and kind of messed them up and just threw them in a the box. That mm-hmm. little boy cleaned them shoes up and sold them for four hundred dollars. Wow! Yeah, so he he's like a hustler when it comes to stuff like that. Um, so he has an entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. and I'm not forcing him to go to college. And then whatever he wants to do, I'm a you know supporter. Like I want to get him into like if he want to open his own sneaker shop or mm-hmm. like he designed his own little products to clean shoes. Right. I'm like man, let's get a chemist and figure out how to make some money off of this. Right. So I I, I promoted uh, anything that they want to do entrepreneur. And then my eight year old, he's like soccer and stuff, so he's still a little. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Listen, man, I appreciate you for coming on this platform. And just giving the game on top of game. Like I said, if y'all see me in this business, 
You don't, don't ask no questions. You know you know where I got the information <laughs> from. I know we got to get you out of here, but as we begin to wrap up, um, I guess my final closing question for you would be, like you said, being in that in in the uh, working a career the way that you didn't have in the nine to five for essentially nearly two decades. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you've always been very vocal about how how tricky and how tough that transition was for you to go from having a career essentially getting into entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. of fear yeah. if i remember correctly. i got five kids man so right i can't take a gamble right i gotta make sure <laughs> make sure it works so my question for you is now being on the other side of that fear and having the success that you have and being able to have impacted as many individuals as you've had in the space there's somebody who's watching this episode right now that's exactly where you were mm-hmm. a couple years ago where they know they want to go all in on business but maybe they have responsibilities like you had mm-hmm. and or Maybe they don't. They're just scared, right? Mm-hmm. I've been and listen. I've been working in this IT job for ten years. I want to start this trucking business. I mm-hmm. want to get into real estate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What would you say is just some closing words of encouragement and motivation to that individual so that they can take that leap the right way, right? For them to go out and get started in the in the world of entrepreneurship the way that you've been able to do. To be honest with you, of course, like I would say, become obsessed with it. But the number one thing I would say is get yourself a mentor. Mm. Get you somebody that knows that already made all the wrong mistakes, all the bumps in the road, the curbs or whatever. Get yourself a mentor is the easiest and quickest way to be successful is modeling somebody else. Right. That's already been successful. So I'm a huge advocate on mentorships. I love it. Yeah. There you go. Finding the right person. And if you're trying to get into trucking, it's box truck shorty. It's, it's only one it's, person. It's, that yeah, you you come and get in with Amazon Relay, it's box truck shorty, man. It's you know, only I'm one person. Provide services that can help. Anybody get up and running from the beginning to the end, start. You know, I don't, I mean, I'm t- I got an ebook. There you go. The ultimate uh, um, bundle pack guide, which is on sale for $199. Anybody that want to get into the business, they can purchase this. It has all my resources, my step by steps, my contacts, everything you need to do to get up and running. And then I also, like I said, if you want to, you don't want to, you don't want to drive or whatever, then you can send your driver to me. I got a two and three day driver training. And I also have a master classes that I host as well, too, that allow people to lease on. Remember I said 180 days? Yes, sir. You come join my master class and you don't have to wait the 180 days. We'll put you with somebody, you lease on, hit the ground running. You can't, I mean, I'm not going to say you can't lose, mm-hmm. but your success rate will be right. very, very high because I already made all mistakes. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, let the people, of course, know where they can find you. You can find me on all platforms as Box Truck Shorty. I'm on Instagram at Box Truck Shorty. That's Shorty, S H A W T Y. I'm on uh, YouTube as Box Truck Shorty. I'm on, um, what's the other one? TikTok, Instagram, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok, everything as Box Truck Shorty. My brother. Yep. I appreciate yes, it. And listen, I appreciate each and every single one of y'all for tuning into this episode. If you haven't already, what are you doing? Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right now. Just go ahead, slap the like button, and show this episode some love. As always, we appreciate you, my brother, for Thank coming for through me, and providing as much value as you did. And make sure you guys go ahead and check out any every any and everything that he has to offer on his social media platform. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Marvin Francois, Box Truck Shorty. Thanks for y'all have been me. good. We've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank y'all and God bless. Peace. Take care.